0: pray for us. You turn with us to the book of Psalm number 142. Psalm 142. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Psalm 142. And I want to read all seven of these verses out of Psalm 142. The Psalm of David. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him, I I shewed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked have they privily, privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me, no man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about. For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Our Father, God in heaven, Lord, as we come before you tonight, Lord, we're certainly honored. God, we're thankful to be gathered just the way we are. We're thankful, Lord, for your sweet spirit that we've certainly felt here tonight. We're thankful for these young ladies that have come to sing. We're thankful for the brother that's come and drove so many miles today to be with us just this evening. Father, we're thankful for this precious word, Lord, you've allowed us to open. Thankful, Lord, you've allowed us to read with it and comprehend and, and see with their own eyes and comprehend with their own minds. Father, we pray now, Lord, that you help us, God, that you use us take this stammering time. Father, I pray that it glorify your holy name tonight. Lord, that it lift you up above all. Father, that you'd be honored, you'd be praised and through and by this. Father, we pray, Lord, that the believer would be strengthened. God, that the unbeliever would come to you. Lord, that the backslider would repay. Yes. Father, we just want to give you glory and honor and praise. As it's in your holy name we pray in Jesus name amen. amen now you'll find the setting of this scripture tonight in Psalm 142 you'll find in first Samuel chapter number 22 and you'll find that David is in a place now he's in a point when, when life when it's in life when it seems as though everyone has forsaken it seems that everyone has failed him it seems that he had been Deserted, it seemed like everyone had just utterly let David down. Now, I want you to notice this, in, in it shows it here in my book, maybe it does in yours, but there, it says a uh, my skill of David. And I understand that word. If you look that word up in the Hebrew, it simply means to instruct. And, and we know this. We know that 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now I believe this. I believe that David is trying to show us. I believe he's trying to illustrate to us that we he's instructing us on how that we ought to behave and how that we ought to act when it seems like everything around us has fallen and failed us. Now you think about that with me tonight as we go through this. Now David was not in a palace when these words were written. He wasn't in uh, uh, some big mansion uh, like you might think or, or uh, sitting upon his throne when he penned these words. you know where David was at? Cave. He was in a cave. And he was running and scared for his life. Now you think when the, when God uh, come to him and, and begin to place upon his heart and place upon his mind to write these things, I believe it was maybe for you, and I believe it was maybe for me. But you think about this tonight. Look in in verse number seventy. He got so low, and he got so desperate, and he got so 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 down and discouraged. It. Notice what he said there. He said that his soul was as it even were in prison. He said, bring my soul out of prison. Now you notice this in verse number four, he said that no man would know me. Now we know that David was a well-known man, and we know that it wouldn't be long that David was gonna be king. We know that that David, we can go back just a few chapters prior to 1 Samuel chapter number 22, and you'll find that it was David that slew Goliath. And remember, After the fight there, it wasn't the the virgins that danced and sang in the the cities there, Saul had killed his thousands and David was 10,000. David was well known, but he made the statement. He said, no man would know me. And I believe that what David was, was saying there, he's saying no man is identifying in the condition that I'm in. No man will identify where I'm at in life. David wanted a friend and guess what? Nobody would be his friend. David was friendless. He was, he was without a friend uh, during this, this point in his time in his life. And notice also in verse number 4, he made this statement. He said, Refuge failed me. And I believe that all the securities and everyone that David knew in his life, they had forsaken him. They had left him. They had abandoned him. They had withdrawn themselves from David. And everything that David knew was failed. Now... I wonder tonight, and I ask the question tonight: How many of you, under the sound of my voice tonight, have been let down? Has been failed? Has been forsaken? maybe you feel like you've been forgotten maybe you feel like you've been neglected maybe you feel like you've been abandoned and i know that with the shadow without every one of us can say that tonight there has been a time in my life there has been a time in your life when it feels like absolutely everybody your closest friend your closest brother even your mother and your father even your spouse even your children even your parents no doubt We have felt as though they have neglected and forsaken us. Maybe you've been lied upon. Maybe you've been uh, taken advantage of. Maybe they've done this, they've said that, but no doubt we've all been to that place and felt like we've been neglected. We've been failed. We've been let down. Now you think about this. I wonder how many of us had a failed relationship, a broken relationship, and no doubt that we can all perhaps uh, testify to that, that we all had a broken relationship one time or another. You think about uh, about the spouses that can't get along, and I understand that the divorce rate among Christians is 50%. That's a shame. i just be quite honest with you. That, that, that's, that's a shame. And even even after a, a, a divorced person gets married, do you know that, that the second marriage is at 69%. It don't get any better. Just because you get away from your first wife, your first husband, and you want to remarry, it don't get any better. It continues to get worse. But how many of us has had a broken relationship? You think about it. How many of you, your 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 spouse has let you down, your children has let you down, your parents has let you down, a good friend has let you down. No doubt every one of us can testify to that fight tonight. Then you think maybe maybe your employer has let you down. Somebody that you you trusted in. Somebody thought that that you had a little bit of confidence in. and, And maybe they might pat you on the back when you were around. But all the time you're gone, they're stabbing you in the back. And they're giving somebody else that's not even qualified like you are the position that you deserve. How? We're failed, we've been failed, we've been neglected, we've been let down, we've been discouraged, we get discouraged and, and kicked around, and, and no doubt that these things happen in our lives, and you know I believe David finds himself in a cave here, and he feels as though the whole world is crumbling in around him, nobody nobody wants to be his friend, no, everybody has forsaken him, everybody that David had confidence in has turned their back upon him and neglected him. So there's some people and there's some things that has failed David. And I want to point a few of those out tonight with the help of the Lord. Now, I believe this. I believe first and foremost, I believe that David's friends has failed him. David's friends has let him down. Now, David was, I believe, at the age of 30 when he became king. And he was king there for 40 years over Israel. And he had a, a, a few years of that, of that time when he was king there of over Israel. There was a man he had a counselor. He had a man, I believe, that lived under him and was governed under him. I believe that that maybe even perhaps David, if you think about it, I I believe he was counselor directly to the king, and I believe that maybe perhaps that that David even paid him a salary to live right there and counsel him all the days that he might be king. But you think about this, there was a time, his name was uh, uh, Ahothophiel, if I said that right. But there was a time when David's son Absalom, you remember a rebellious son, and he rose up and he wanted to take the throne. He wanted to take kingship and, and, and run David out. Do you remember that? Yes. And how Absalom rebelled. And he, he rose up and would have taken the throne, I believe, had God not had his hand in. But all during that time, this man that was counselor to King David, Ahothophiel, he went to Absalom and said, I'm going to do everything in my power to see that you get the throne. In other words, he had turned his back upon King David. He had let King David down. He failed King David. And when King David regained the throne, he went back and said, I've messed up. I failed. And he went out and he took his own life. Ahababu. Who can we trust? Here was a man that was... Perhaps closer to David than anybody in this world. No doubt, David felt that he could tell this man anything. No doubt, he could go to him under any circumstance, any condition, and 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 just spill his guts out to this man. And this man had turned his back upon him. He failed him. Friends will let you down. Yes. Friends will fail you. And then I thought about you. Remember. One of Jesus' closest friends, a man by the name of Judas. You remember, he was handpicked by Jesus. He was one of the twelve. And how that Judas betrayed him with a kiss. And how that for 30 pieces of silver, Judas sold Jesus to the angry mob there that night in the edge of the garden. You think about this. and You'll find in 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 10, there was a fellow by the name of Demas. And he was, uh, at one time, he was had a good, close relationship with Paul. But Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me. He said this. He said, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Your friends will fail you. There will be times in this life when your friends at very best will fail you. And you remember, also, you'll find that David you think about this and how that how the David's David's closest friends all down through his life you can see where they had neglected him at times and they had turned their back upon him no doubt David had witnessed his friends failing not coming through for him and being there you know David was in the cave all he wanted was somebody to be his friend here he finds himself friendless and without a friend you know I thought about this today too. I thought that not only Will your friends fail you? There's been times, no doubt, maybe maybe we've let one another down. The Bible says in order for us to, to have a friend, we've got to be friendly. Yes. We've got to show ourselves a friend. And maybe we fail at that. Maybe uh, we, we come across the wrong way at times and we're not so friendly maybe. but And because of that, we, we can't have friends and our friends fail us. But, but you know, not only will your friends fail you, but I believe this today. I believe that your family also will fail you. You think about that. And I thought about when David was perhaps just a teenager. And his daddy spoke to him. His daddy Jesse spoke to him. and he said, you go down. His brothers were in battle. His older brothers were in battle there. Remember, they were gathered up on one side of the valley. The Israelites were. And the Philistines gathered on the other. And Jesse spoke to David. And he said, you go down. He said, you check on your brothers and see how the battle's going. He said, you take them bread and take them cheese. And David went down. And lo and behold, while David was there, the Bible says that the Philistines had themselves a champion
1: in Goliath. What
0: they thought was a champion. And he would come out a certain time of the day and he would mock the armies of God. He would mock and curse God himself. And he said, if, if you are the, the, the army of the living God, why don't you send one down and fight with him? And David was there during this time, and he witnessed this. He said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's right. That he would come out and mock the armies of God, and mock the sovereign God of heaven. And David said, I'll go, and I'll take this man. And how his brothers, no doubt. Now David, at this time, he watched the sheep. He kept over the sheep. And no doubt I believe that his brothers began to mock him and tease him and make fun of him and, said, and David was just a little ruddy teenage boy. He said, who are you in the face of this great enemy? Who are you in the face of this, this great giant A man that was close to 10 foot tall perhaps and how that, that David was just a little ruddy boy. How that David went down there. You know, the next time you read about David, you know what? He's got the enemy's head in his That's hand. That's right. Amen. He said. I, he, he spoke to Goliath and said, You come to me with the spear. You come <laughs> to me with the sword. You come to me with the shield. He said, But I come to you in the name of the Lord of the host. And how that he went and he prevailed over the enemy that day. And how that David's own family failed him. And they let him down. Discouraged him, perhaps. And how they ridiculed him and made fun of him. And, you know, you think a little bit later, You remember when david brought the ark of the covenant back down to jerusalem back down to to israel and and how that when they brought it down the the cobblestone streets there through jerusalem how that that david the bible says that he went out and he danced with all his might before the lord and how that he went home and and how they got in in the glory of god there how he got in the presence of god and he danced in the spirit in in the sight of God and he went home and you remember his wife I believe it was Michael I believe it was Saul's daughter uh, and and how that she spoke to him and said I watched as you danced out in the street and how you made a complete idiot of yourself and how you made a fool of yourself and David said well if you thought that was something you wait till we get the tabernacle built and wait till we get in the glory of God and how that we might be able to praise God in the in his presence in the tabernacle and how that David's wife failed him how David's wife let him down deserted him, mocked him, and made fun of him. Remember Job. All that happened to Job, everything that Job went through. His wife just said, why don't you just curse God and die? How that his wife failed him and his wife let him down. You know, your family will forsake you. You know, even in our text here tonight in uh, Psalm 142, David's own father-in-law, Saul, was seeking his life. would think that the father-in-law would be happy for his son-in-law to have a relationship with the lord and be married to his daughter But Saul was seeking the life of David how that his own family had forsaken him how his own family had had let him down Job said this he said my kinsfolk have failed me and then it was Jesus that said he said a man is without honor except in his own country and among his own kinsfolk. And you think that your friends will fail you, your family will fail you. There'll be times when your friends and your family will let you down. Not only that, you think about this. David's feelings. Not only did his friends, not only did his family, but David's feelings let him down. You know, you can read about David and you see the great emotions that david had all through the the scriptures when you read about david and study about david you see his highs you see his lows one day he's ready to fight one day he's ready to run one day he's in one day he's out one day he's up one day he's down and you can see the course of that all through david's life and the emotions that the roller coaster ride that it might have been through david david's emotions but you know it's been said that our emotions is the, the most fragile thing in a human life, is our emotions. And why do we trust, put our trust in emotions? Don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your feelings. There's been, if, if I was to go on feelings alone, there's been times in my spiritual life, there's been times when, when I know that I was a Christian, but it felt like God was nowhere near. It felt like God was the furthest thing away from me but thank god i knew down in the depths of my own heart down in the depths of my own soul that i had been born again though it felt like god was nowhere near we can't go in feelings alone and you know i understand that love that word love is the strongest emotion that you and i can know the strongest feeling the strongest emotion that that the human that the human can can feel and you know Now, let me just say this. I didn't marry Sarah out of love. Now, let me me make this statement as well. I love Sarah more today than I did the day that we were married. But it wasn't out of love that I married Sarah. You know, if, if you can fall into love, you can fall out of love. We've got to be careful not to trust our our emotions and our feelings. And I thought about this, you know, that very little sweet precious hand that you can reach over and get a hold of and love on. About an hour and a half later, it might be the very hand that wants to throat punch you. You think about it. Gotta be careful. And all the time I'm thinking, well. Why did I ever tell this woman that I loved her? But you know, let's be honest, there's times when I'm unlovable. There's times when, when I'm not even fit to love. But thank God she still loves me. But you know, it goes deeper and farther than love. I believe it. it it's a word called commitment. In other words, why? What I'm saying to you tonight, there's times when I'm unlovable. There may be times when your spouse is unlovable. But you know what? Through it all, I have committed my life when we stood before God in in the presence of God, in the presence of friends and family on that May uh, day back in 1999, May the 22nd, I believe it was in 1999, when I stood beside of her, in front of her, and we made those vows. I committed that day, thick and thin, Better or worse till death do us part I committed to her it goes beyond love it goes deeper and farther than love how many times have we heard how many times have we heard someone say well I love the Lord I love the Lord how many times have we heard him say that and, and and now they're not you can't find them they're no longer in church they're, they're outside of the church somewhere But you know what? It's not love that keeps me going. It's not love that keeps you going. But I, hey, let me just say it like this. On August the 8th of 1988, I knelt at an old-fashioned altar, a bell of straw, and I made a commitment that day, no matter how deep the valley, no matter how wide the valley, no matter how long the night, no matter how dark the night, no matter how high the mountain, I committed myself today to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And it goes farther than love thank god that, thank god that he committed himself to me and you know what even when i'm unfaithful even when i'm not faithful to him god has always been faithful he's always been faithful to you my goodness even when i don't feel like it even when i do feel like it i'm committed i made a commitment that day and i intend to go through we can't rely on our feelings we can rely on our, our emotions will fail us. Our friends will fail us. Our families will fail us. Our feelings, our emotions will fail us. And the last of all, I want you to notice this: our flesh will fail us. What do you think about that? In Samuel, Second Samuel, chapter number eleven, you'll find that the the sweet psalmist, the man that was after God's own heart, how. He got himself in an adulterous relationship. How he looked out on the rooftop and seen Bathsheba there bathing and how he wanted her. He wanted to be with her and how one thing led to another and then he found himself in an adulterous relationship. And because of that, remember her husband Uriah the Hittite, how he come how he brought he was out in the battle, and he brought and David brought him in to try to cover up his sin in hopes that. Uriah may go now. Now let me just say this: David had been with Bathsheba, and she was with child. And how that he was trying to cover up his sin, he brought Uriah from the battle in hopes that he would go and be with his wife, trying to cover up his own sin. And how that Uriah wouldn't have no part of it, and, and it come down to it, and David wrote the letter and handed it to Uriah. He said, "You go give this to your captain." And Uriah, Uriah didn't even know that he he, he took his own uh, death sin handed over his own death sentence. And they told him, said, you put him in the hottest part of the battle and you back out and leave him. And how the Geraiah was killed there that day. And remember, Nathan come in and give the illustration and he said, thou art the man. And he said, thou have to pay four times. Our flesh will fail. And remember, David said that he was going to number the children of Israel and God told him not to number them. He said, don't worry about numbers. He said, don't trust in numbers. Don't put your trust in numbers, but put your trust in me. And how David went out and numbered the children of Israel and because of that, thousands of innocent people died. David failed. His flesh failed him. No doubt David was a, I believe he was a godly man. I believe he was a righteous man. But And, and no doubt he was a, a, a good father, but there have been times, no doubt that he had failed his children. No doubt he'd let his children down. No doubt me as a parent, I have let my children down. No doubt me as a husband, I have let my wife down. You think about that, how our flesh will fail. And you know that David's flesh failed him one last time. I believe it was the 40th year into his reign there in, over Israel. I believe David was about the age of 70. And how he lay down and took drew his last breath. And David died. His flesh fell. So what do we do? Think about it. When our friends fell us, our closest friends fell us, our family members fell us, our feelings fell us, our flesh fell us, all these things let us down. But here's the message tonight. It's simply this. Jesus, Will never fail you. There will never be a t- let me just say it like this. There has never been a time in my past when God said he was going to do this and he never come through. There's never been a time in my past when God has let me down. There's never been a time in my past when Jesus has failed me. And let me say this: the same Jesus that's never failed me in the past, it's the same Jesus that I can hold on to and hold true to and know that he will never fail me in the future. Think about that. Isn't it wonderful to know that we serve a God today that will never fail. He'll never let you down. He'll never lead you astray. Now you think about those four Fs. You think about your friends. You think about your family. You think about your feelings. You think about your flesh. And let's look here just a moment. I'll be done here in just a moment. But you think about this. And so how can we say that Jesus will never fail us as a friend? In Proverbs chapter number 18, I believe it is, you'll find that the Bible says that there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. My goodness, you think tonight that when when your closest friend may fail you, he may turn his back upon you and walk away and neglect you. But there will never be a time when Jesus will let you down. There will never be a time when Jesus will fail you or lead you astray. you think about that tonight. What a friend we have in Jesus. I thought about this. I thought that not only will Jesus be a good friend, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and He'll never fail us as a friend, Jesus will never fail you as a family. You think about that. In In Psalm chapter 27 and verse number 10, it says, When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. You know what? There may be times when mommy and daddy may fail you. There may be times when your wife may fail you. There may be times when your husband may fail you. Your kids may fail you. But there will never be a time when the Lord Jesus will fail you. Thank God. He's, a, he's, a, he's my big brother tonight, and I can depend upon him. He'll never let me down. He'll never forsake me. He'll never fail me. Now you think about this. How can he not fail us in our feelings? In Hebrews chapter 4, and verse number 15, you'll find that it says this. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but, but was within all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. You know what that tells me? That tells me that everything that you have gone through in this life, Jesus knows about it. You think about that. How many of you has ever touched a, an electric fence? I remember one time, we were going across the fence. It was in Hardy County, out in the middle of a field somewhere. And it was just one strand of line that went across the middle of that field. And I, there was cows on this side and cows on that side. And I told him, boys, I said, I'd almost, almost bet you that, there's, that that wire's hot. There's electric on it. That one boy, he went up there and he'd, he'd slap at it, real quality, there's nothing on it. Well, he grabbed a hold of it and pushed it down and went to raise one leg to go across it and it hit it. He screamed like a woman and, and dove over on the other side and it, it jarred him pretty good. Them things pulsate. But I don't have to tell you that if he's got a hold of that line and I walk up and get a hold of him, guess what? I'm going to get the same thing that he's got. What he's got is going to be transferred into me. So you think about this tonight. Thank God that we serve a Lord. We serve a God. The the, the Holy God of heaven. He knows everything that you're going through. Everything that you have faced in this life, he knows about it. You think about this tonight. My goodness, he feels what I feel. He sees what I see. He knows what I know. You think about that tonight. Jesus identifies where I am at in this life. And he knows what I'm going through. My goodness, you think. He knows my hurt. He knows my pain. He knows the valley that I'm in. He knows, he knows the, the, the steep mountain that we're climbing. You think about it. He, he knows the discouragement. He knows the hurt and the pain and the sorrow that we may have in this life. He knows everything that you're. He knows the lonely nights that you spent crying alone in the bed somewhere. Jesus knows where you're at tonight. He knows when you're discouraged. He knows when you're weary and you're disappointed and you're tired and worn out and you're troubled. Jesus knows thank God tonight I like what it said there the latter part of that verse in Hebrews 4 and 15 it said get without sin get without sin now how can Jesus not fail us in the flesh in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 16 it says this for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. That tells me that there's going to be times in the flesh. We we've got to overcome this flesh. And I find I find it a constant struggle, a constant battle every day of, of my conscience mind. I've, I'm fighting the devil, and I'm fighting this flesh and the desires of the flesh. I've got to crucify the 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 the, the flesh so that the inward man may grow. And I like what John said. John said, I must decrease, but he must increase. And how that we've got to crucify the flesh and you know, but there's going to be times in the flesh, we get in the flesh and we'll fall and we'll fail and we'll we'll get stumbled and tripped and fall and we'll fall into those temptations and we'll sin. But I like what Proverbs said there. He said, for a just man follow the seven times yet rise up, up again what that tells me that when i fall when we fall when you fall when we sin when we're tempted and we fall into those things we don't have to lay there and wallow around in but thank god we can get up and kick ourselves off and dust ourselves off and know that the grace of god is i like what paul said he said it's sufficient for even me and I look at it just like that myself. I know myself. I know my faults and failures and mistakes and messes that I make, but I know the grace of God is sufficient for even me. How that God can be, Jesus can be that may that the grace we need in our hearts and our lives today. You know, when you think about this, when when it comes down to it, and I understand and know that this flesh as we know it it came from the ground and it's going back to the ground and when we're laying there drawing our last breath i'm glad to know that i've got one that'll go with me beyond the grave yes amen i'm glad to know that i've got one that'll go farther than death as we know it in this life because i'm here to tell you I'm born again, and if you're born again, this flesh will go back to the ground. But one day we're going to live forever and ever and ever in glory with him. You think about that. And how that this flesh may fail. I like what that old song says. He'll hold to my hand as over death's river I go. Then safe I shall be. Then safe I shall be. Think about that tonight, and I want you to know that Jesus will never fail you. There may be times, as pastor as you, pastor, I'll, I'll fail. There may be times as as a husband, I'll fail. Be, there may be times as a as a daddy, as a parent, I'll fail. As an employee, I'll fail. As a son, I'll fail. In every aspect of my as a Christian, I'll fail. Every aspect of my life. I'll fail. But i bless His holy name. I want you to know tonight there's one that will never let you down. There's one that will never fail you. There's one that will never lead you astray. You've got to get hooked up with Him and He'll lead you all the way to glory tonight. I believe that. Amen. Jesus will never fail you.